This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Welcome to The Playbook. I'm David Meltzer here live at the wind, waking up my incredible guest. I am telling you, I'm living in a world of people who want people to think I am but I'm a huge fan and it's very rarely because I am so exposed to so many extraordinary people at an elevated vibration and frequency. I have dreamed of the day that I can bring in someone equal to a vibration and frequency of my community and this studio. And the reaction that this man has had is completely synergistic to the way that I want to live because will I am is here and I live my life and try my best to pursue who I am, not what other people think I am or what I want them to think I am. I just have to thank you, Will I Am, for coming into this studio and elevating the inspiration of our neighborhood, our community here at The Playbook. Oh, thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on your, on your block, in your neighborhood, community. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, well, you're awesome. And I... I want to start because it's interesting in where the universe takes us and our wisdom and faith guide us. And it was as I'm reviewing what you have going on with Mercedes, obviously, but what really intrigued me was the relationship that you have to AI. Because when we think about authenticity and we think about originality and we think about will I am and the leader in the truth and love and all the things that you, as a Grammy Award-winning musician, producer, as an activist and a philanthropist, it's interesting that you have a different perspective of AI, and with FYI.AI, you really, I think, have really grazed the awareness to the power of AI by still being who I am. What relationship do you have with AI? Because a lot of people are so afraid of it, and they treat it as their master. Um, I've been working in the AI space for a while. 2012 is when I first started <clears throat> building systems. At the time, it was NLU, Natural Language Understanding, NLP, Natural Language Processing and Machine Learning, um, ASR, Autonomous Speech Recognition, <clears throat> and uh, TTS, Text Speech, and combining those. Uh, protocols together to uh, build awesome products and, and experiences. And in 2012, we started uh, venturing off to create a watch. <clears throat> 2013, we materialized that watch. That watch was a, a forked Android, and we turned it into a voice operating system. That voice operating system was called Anita <clears throat> and then Omega. What it was was a contextual conversational platform we got technical acceptance from AT&T and then launched the product in 2014. Um, and uh, 2015, probably getting the, 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 <laughs> the dates, the, the years off. Some fact checkers like, actually, well, I am. That was not that tight. Anyways, it's cool. <clears throat> it was around then, 20, 20 back then, <laughs> uh, with three mobile in the UK. And uh, it, was a, it was advanced. For the time, at the time, there was no Apple Watch. Um, we had a Snapdragon chipset on the, on, the, on the watch, meaning it was its own phone. 
and a battery that wrapped around your wrist. You didn't have to go outside with the phone. The phone was on your wrist, but you talked to it and it talked back. <clears throat> but it was too early. Um, uh, we took the hardware and just focused on software. And we started to put the software and other types of hardware like headphones. That was still too early. Um, we then turned it into uh, an agent for, to, to uh, um, automate or augment the call centers. And then Vonage bought a slice of uh, the solutions that we've <clears throat> created. And then pieces of what we built powered um, some uh, efforts in the Middle East at a company called Majad Al-Futaim for Carrefour um, and shopping in the Mall of Emirates. But I've been in the space for a while, investing and building solutions. <clears throat> I, got, I got inspired when I buy the space from a professor at MIT named Professor Patrick Winston. When I used to visit his class in the AI department in 2007, sorry, 2005, 6, 7, and 8, every time Black Eyed Peas would tour in Boston, I would go to Professor Patrick Winston's <clears throat> class, maybe like once a year. I don't want to over-exaggerate for some of those folks. Right. Like, well, I am. I've never seen you there every time. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. To me, it changed my life, even if I went there four or five times. This information was like a seed. It inspired me. And I became really good friends with Pat Professor Patrick Winston. He passed away in 2019. <clears throat> um, and in 2011, I, I sat in the futurist department at Intel in the think tanks, brainstorming on uh, the, what's coming around the corner and how uh, technology can interface with uh, popular culture. And so that's what got me into the space. <clears throat> I invested early on in a lot of companies. I invested in Tesla in 2007, 2006, before Elon took over the company and the two founders from San Jose. I invested in uh, OpenAI early on, um, Anthropic. Um, Runway, Hugging Face, Inflection. Um, so I love the community. I love <clears throat> the innovation that's happening. I love the possibilities that it can bring and the solutions it will bring, the problems it would solve if people were to use it as a, a problem-solving tool. Yeah, it's interesting. So many people, you may not know this. A lot of people know me for the sports side of stuff, running Lee Steinberg, the Noble Sports Agency, with the movie Jerry Maguire and all of that. But my original career, and the reason I got hired into sports wasn't because I was your typical frustrated athlete who went to law school and uh, could negotiate contracts and transactions. It was actually because of my technology background and my investing background uh, in the Silicon Valley and Sand Hill. So in 19... Uh, 99, I was CEO of Samsung's phone division. What? And the first phone, most people don't know this, they were called convergence devices. Mm. Uh, it's a Windows CE device with a Bluetooth stylus called yeah. the PCE phone. Yeah, yeah. And so I was CEO of Samsung's phone division with the PCE phone. And your story resonated with me because there was so much resistance because I was early. Because I saw something that other people didn't see. And it brings <clears throat> up a point that I think overlays all of your career and I'm on this journey of helping people with behavior mm -hmm. and with the realization that the outcomes, the consequences that they experience, human beings aren't capable immediately when we're in a 
progress or a good behavior towards something we think we want or better, some anticipated future that we see that doesn't exist yet, we're not capable of understanding or knowing the outcomes today. So most people quit. When the deal doesn't go through, they lose some money, whatever may occur, there's a distance of resistance between the behaviors that we know will create the outcomes that we want compared to the outcomes that exist today. You are a deep thinker, mm. you know, a philosopher of some sorts, and also very pragmatic in the way that you go about business and very co-creative in, in, in many ways. How do you deal with that distance of resistance between the behaviors that you had in the early adopter phase of AI <clears throat> before most people even realized AI was in existence to the place we are today with your now in a position where AI is your servant, it actually provides value, it has provided you great success and wealth as well, but most people along your journey have quit because of that distance of resistance. Um, My music journey, I, I, I went through a lot of resistance. People say, no, I don't get it. <clears throat> you guys aren't hard enough. Gangster music is what's in. Y'all, you guys are weird. <laughs> you know, are you, are you make music for girls? Or you make music for dudes? Or what type of dudes? Like, I don't even know what, what, what type of dude are you? Like, it's a, there's a lot of resistance in the 90s, especially when like hard, street dominated and I'm from the projects but you don't have to there's no one type of project guy street guy it's just that was what was plastered for people to emulate there's a lot of different shades of black different shades of brown um, <clears throat> and so I was I've, I've dealt with that my whole life um, and pressure makes diamonds you know it's easy. It, I, I'm not afraid of like trial and error. I'm not, that doesn't, if I don't get it right, I'll eventually get it right. Uh, whatever the process is of learning is a process to learn. And if, that, if that's the mentality, I believe that's the mentality to have to materialize any big idea or small idea. <clears throat> whether you're cooking tortas or you're freaking like making jambalaya. You're making freaking, you know, AI or you're making beats. You're making beats. Doesn't, whatever the, it is, there's a trial and error process. Whether you're trying to get your relationship right or you're trying to get your relationship right. It's always going to be some up and down. And the giver-uppers, you know, wasn't made, you weren't made for it. You know, you were that rock that crumbled. You weren't a diamond. And it's okay. Rocks that crumble, that's sand. There's nothing wrong with sand. Whatever you become, you got to just own that. You got to. Be proud of whatever the pressure of the world has transformed you to. That's what you are. And, and be proud of what you are. 
if if my path of trying to, you know, do tech turns me into sand and not the diamond that I think I am, well, I'm going to be the best fucking sand in the world. Nice. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, I, I see AI like, like a hammer. And MC Hammer. Yeah, not MC Hammer. I like MC <laughs> Hammer too, though. But uh, he's hard as hell, I guess. Uh, more importantly, though, people don't realize that the hammer is a tool the same way AI is a tool. Meaning, I can build a house with a hammer or I can knock down a house with a hammer. Mm. For some reason, people, when they develop a hammer and use a hammer, don't see the same thing that I see in AI as being that hammer, that servant to us. And the difference to me is the speed and power of the new hammer with FYI.AI. What you can build with is extraordinary. Do you think it's the speed and the power that FYI.AI, is that what scares people about the ability of AI, which is the same as the ability of a hammer of just being able to knock down what we build? Just to be true to people's concerns, this isn't an ordinary hammer. Before, you needed to get your hand and you needed to do this. <clears throat> and you, need, you needed to do that. This hammer would have learned how you hammered and then start hammering on its own. And being better than you. Better is relative now. Good. What, what does that mean? Perfect? Will it be more perfect? What's perfect? When flaws are beautiful. Mm. And we, we live in an age where augmentation seems to be the desired path. When <clears throat> Filter came on the phone, they didn't know, we didn't know how it would alter our minds just by having a filter on a camera. Now people want to look like the filter all the time. It created body dysmorphia, more plastic surgeries done. I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It's too early to tell. Now, if we've had body dysmorphia and alterations because of the filter on the camera, imagine what's going to happen with psychological, conversational dysmorphia with AI. There's things that are going, how our society is going to change. There's going to be people that have relationship issues like, you don't understand me. I do understand you, babe. What you talking about? <clears throat> My AI understands me more than you. <laughs> you comparing me to the AI now? Well, I call you at 12 o'clock. You don't answer anymore. But the AI is always there to have conversations with you. Never throw shade. Never throw salt. We're going to enter this other thing. It's right around the corner. So when it comes to this hammer, hammer being a metaphor of building houses, relationships, bonds, connectedness, the hammer building, dreams, helping you manifest your aspirations. It's going to be helpful. But it also could potentially, if business models are not, humane. And that's one of the core things at FYI, our business models, we aim to be humane. Your data is yours. 
that's when the hammer is harmful. Because if the business models are not mindful of people, is if people's data becomes companies like oil. That's not, that's not right where we're going. Yeah. If, if people, if, if we want to have a safe tomorrow, not only is that data yours, that AI is yours. Imagine speaking of houses and building with a hammer. Imagine we, somebody built a house, beautiful house. Like, yo, realtor, how much does this house cost? Realtor says that's $10 million. Yo, I could do that. I could afford that. Uh, where's the bathroom? Oh, yeah, yeah. The bathroom, by the way, is a, there's a communal bathroom down the right outside the house. Communal bathroom? You're not going to buy a house where the bathroom is outside the house and the whole fucking neighborhood <laughs> is sharing the bathroom. So why are you sharing AI? Why is your data somebody else's product? that they sell. Is that the world we're living in? That's when the hammer, the fear is that. The fear is not the tech. The fear is the greed and what humans do to humans. AI hasn't really fucked shit up yet. The people that's going and living horrible in the Congo right now that no one's really talking about, did AI do that? No, AI didn't do that. People in Watts and Compton living a horrible life. AI did that? Oh, AI didn't do that. So the people that are afraid of AI, what? Oh, those are the folks that have been living in the lap of comfort because those jobs are, are wobbly. Are people from the hood afraid of AI? No, they, they, there's other fears there that they're really actually afraid of. I was AI of the Calvary? To help them solve problems that have always been neglected? Yeah. Finally, somebody has the ability to solve the problems themselves when they have an agent, a hammer, to build solutions. Tomorrow, new industries will come tomorrow. We know AI will topple industries of yesterday. So who's going to create tomorrow's industries when everyone's afraid of the new tool? It's not everyone that's afraid of the new tool. These folks that have been ignored, when they get their hands on these tools to solve their problems, the industries of tomorrow are coming from Nigeria, Ghana, Uganda, Kenya, Mangueta, Brazil, Nicaragua. They're coming from freaking Venezuela. They're coming from Colombia, Puerto Rico. They're coming from Chile. They're coming from freaking Watts. They're coming from Compton. They're coming from Mississippi. They're coming from Hoods. Coming and they're going to be beautiful companies. And those communities will be changed forever. We know gentrification happens. Brooklyn. You think the rappers are rapping about Brooklyn was the Brooklyn that people are living in today? Nah, that ain't the Brooklyn. <laughs> or but Brooklyn's beautiful now. It, it always has been beautiful. But the people that lived and talked about the richness of Brooklyn when it was poor can't afford to live there. I think tomorrow's gentrification is going to happen from the inside. We are going to change our communities ourselves with the tools that we have today. That's why I'm so optimistic about it. I think it's like a, this is a new renaissance. We're in a new renaissance right now. And uh, optimism, uh, mentorship um, is the key to, to have balance. Throughout your career, 
you've helped people to understand the reaction to fear. I hear it in your music. I see it in your entrepreneurship. The philanthropy that you do is to dissipate the amount of fear in the world. Uh, and the thematic uh, answers that you have, which is fear is omnipresent. We want to shorten or reduce the amount of time or availability that this resistance of fear happens that accelerates us in the wrong direction, no matter who you are, where you are, or how you got there. You have a different perspective of fear, and I'd love for you to share that idea of fear and how you deal with it every day, because everyone has it. I always say I get kicked in the face about eight times a day. Uh, the size and scope or scale of the kick doesn't matter. It's all equal because it interferes with my potential. I've learned so much from you and just watching and listening to you. How do you see fear in your life and utilizing AI as well in order to utilize creativity or strategy or whatever it is that you do to reduce the amount of fear in your life? Um, the answer to that is gonna, it's coming from a mentor of mine. And he said a version of this. Um, and when he said that, I reiterated on it, um, and the person that said that, that inspired me to look at it this way is Jimmy Iving. And fear is wind. You are a boat in the ocean. Wind can topple your boat over, and if you happen to have a sail, wind can push your boat backward. It's your duty to then turn the sail around for the wind to push you forward. So fear could push you back. Fear could knock you down. Fear could propel you. It all depends on how you want to use it. <clears throat> you, to be afraid of fear, that's some other shit. That's called anxiety panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you afraid of? I don't know, bro. I'm just afraid of being afraid, bro. Like, it's going to stop. <laughs> and some people, some, people suffer, some people suffer from that. Um, but you could utilize it. It's an energy source. Um, and the way to utilize that is to arm yourself with hope. Hope is audacious. A lion comes. Hope says, run. That fear is turned into, an adre to, into adrenaline. Logically, you cannot outrun a fucking lion. <laughs> but hope is like, yes, we can. Get your ass up and go. And then your body creates this energy that's unlocked in you. And you propel. Maybe you hurt yourself. You don't even feel that shit, bro. You don't even feel how hurt you are running on fucking like gravel, cutting your feet. You don't feel it. Because hope, you've armed yourself with that. And you summons this adrenaline to do something that is not logical. That's to run away from a lion. Hope is powerful when you, you, and it's the only thing that can tame fear. Hope. Only energy, emotion that could be like, get your ass over here, fear, you little bitch. I'm using you. Adrenaline. Enter my body and propel me forward. That happens every time your body feels something, this sense. That's the reason why people have panics and anxiety. You get this notion, I got to fight or flight. So exercise is good for that. Running is good. You, you're utilizing the adrenaline your body's making. 
And if you don't utilize it, it's, you start to fester in it. Then you start having panics and anxiety. Like, what's wrong with me? My heart's beating. You need to get up and move. You're just freaking drowning in adrenaline. And your mind is now looping itself. You got to be active. And, you, and, and hope is not harnessed properly. You're panicking in thought. You're hopeless. You still have all the elements of fear, adrenaline, but hopeless. And that causes panic and anxiety. And when you arm yourself with hope, now you, 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 have the, you can control the adrenaline and the fear. And you could do what you want with it. And you could run through walls. You could jump over walls. You could go under fucking barricades. Fuck shit up with those, the combination of that. And you power yourself with hope. People think hope is weak. Nah, that shit is a fucking ninja, bro. Hope is like a hardcore gangster hope, homie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Proving to me to shorten the distance of resistance. Gang banged on Hope Street. <laughs> Where is the love? It's right here on the playbook. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but Sorry. in all seriousness, to shorten that distance, I think beyond faith and hope is also wisdom. And the more that we seek the wisdom and the faith and the hope that we have, we can shorten that distance between what we hope for via our behaviors, our act- actions, and the outcomes, results, or consequences in our lives. And armed with hope and armed with wisdom to have the tools like FYI.ai will only assist in accelerating, aggregating, and hopefully compounding exponentially the positivity that we all dream and hope for. And thank you so much. Well, can I, can I say something right quick? Uh, um, sure. <laughs> That's what this interview is about. You can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I need to, I'm learning. You've said my company more than I've said my company on your show. I'm like, damn. And I want to thank you for that. Because my nature is to like respect the space. Don't uh, overpromote. Let the uh, product speak for itself. But if I don't speak it, how would people know? And... Uh, so thank you for mentioning the company. <clears throat> FYI is a creative uh, platform for creators to finally have a system that where they own their data. Your digital assets are yours. The data that you uh, accumulate on FYI is yours. We don't sell it. We don't mine it. Um, and it's for the creative community because <clears throat> we don't, nothing was ever made for us. We're on WhatsApp, but to make WhatsApp work, you need Dropbox. To make to send larger files, you need WeTransfer. To to have group conversations, you need like Zoom. Um, and just to talk to AI, you got to go to ChatGPT. So we bring all that in one place. And the, and we're a small community. We're going to grow eventually. And um, I knew that I knew right when I walked in here, I was like, wow, I'm gonna learn something. Look at these cats. Look at their set. And thank you for mentioning the company. My pleasure. And thank you for all your wisdom and faith and hope that you've shared with a very large community, at least my neighborhood and my community that loves you for sharing your love. Like I said, where is the love? It's right here on the playbook with one of my mentors, 
Will I Am, sharing knowledge and faith with all of us. Hope for the better, utilizing better technology. It's always been a dream of mine. Please come back and join me, my oh, friend. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Thanks. Hell yeah. Will I Am on the playbook.